Hey guys, this is Amber Plaster filling in for Whitney D. Lane. We are going to be covering episode four of This Is Us, The Pool. Let's dive in. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. So, can I just say, I love this song when I first heard it on Drive Me Crazy. You were just well, you were dancing during when you were watching it. Uh, anyway, uh, hey guys, thanks so much for joining us. My name is Amber Plaster. You guys can tweet me and find me on Instagram at Amber Plaster. And the lovely host over to my left. Hi guys, I'm Erica Shannon and you can find me on Twitter at Miss Airy Baby. Hi everyone, I'm Marissa Serafini. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. All right. Thanks so much for filling in today. We yeah. have uh, JJ and Whitney out today. Yes. Don't worry, they will be back. Mm-hmm. But we are honored to have you on here. You are a, a veteran yeah. AfterBuzz host, and we are <laughs> delighted to have you. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I love this show. I'll just preface from everybody, yes. like, this is an amazing show, so I'm very excited to talk about it. We only allow people who are obsessed with this show in. Obviously, I've been telling everybody about this show, <laughs> so if you haven't been watching, you're fools. What are you saying. doing? Seriously, yeah. you're missing out. So let's kind of go down character by character is kind of how I like to do it. So let's, should we start off by discussing, uh, we have a lot of Jack and Rebecca in this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was almost all flashback, which I usually don't enjoy, but I thought it was really well done. Thoughts? You don't enjoy the flashbacks? In most television, no. Ah. But when it's well done. But when it's well done, I was like, I'm here. I'm like, I want to know more about the kids. I want to know more about young Jack and Rebecca. Like, I just couldn't get over the fact that Jack was so obsessed with those pool chairs. <laughs> like, every time there was one, he had to go get it. Then one got taken. It was but it it's was fun. true. I mean, it's, and that just goes for, like, public pools, open beach, or, like, anywhere you go that's, like, very populated. It's, like, you find an open, you take it. And, like, I, I found that actually pretty comical. But I, I, I find it interesting how you don't really enjoy flashbacks, but I love these flashbacks, especially in the show, because it's just so brilliantly written and how it relates to the present. And you, it just, when you learn from Jack and Rebecca, you just appreciate the older adult kids even more for, in knowing where they came from and how they were raised. Definitely. It almost makes me like, oh man, I should, should I be nicer to my parents now? Like, how much <laughs> should they deal with? Just, even just like being in the past, like, like little details, like you see the, in the very beginning of the episode, you see this older lady smoking by the pool near the kids and you're like, Oh, the past. Yep. Right. Oh, oh, that was the best indicator. Yeah. 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 And then just like having to fight for chairs, which I guess is still kind of present day, but I guess the difference is, you know, now we have the internet, we can be like, Hey, you know, which pool is better? This has a Yelp review. Let me see what hours are best. And like, you can mm-hmm. judge that now, whereas before you just, it was like everyone for themselves. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but that kind of had to be the beauty of having four extra people with you that everybody could, especially if the kids got older, mm-hmm. everybody can fan out and like be like sharks. For well, the that's chairs. that's the ideal, right? Is to have your children be workers. <laughs> that is the that I was mean, the original goal of children. I'm pretty sure like yeah. you had a yeah. farm. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. And you couldn't afford employees, so you're like, we'll have more boys, so they can go like get after the cattle or whatever. Like that was their original. Mm-hmm. Why people were having multiple. Like, I mean, my grandparent, my grandma has fourteen brothers and sisters. Oh my goodness! Wow. Because she was raised on a ranch, and they like needed ranch hands. Wow. Different Ooh. time. Different time and place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, 
Kevin, young Kevin, in the pool, we see him getting, we see him becoming the actor that he is today because he's being ignored, which is the number one way to enter the entertainment industry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did not know that. It's the reputation, right? Is that and musicians and artists usually have bad childhoods. I'm, I'm using air quotes for those of you listening on the podcast. <laughs> or like, or maybe, um, not are crazy, but are just had bad childhoods or had something happen to them to where they feel it's need to be loved outside of their family is the right. stigma that I was told. And I was like, I don't, okay. Interesting. That's a torn path. We learned a lot about young Kevin and how he is today and as an adult Kevin. It showed, it, it seemed like when he was younger, he craved attention and which he wasn't getting from his parents. And it seems like he has kind of a codependency issue. Oh, definitely. Like he needs someone else always to be there, always giving him reassurance and approval of like everything he does in life. And it's it's a little sad, but I understand it as him as an adult. That's interesting. I didn't think of him kind of being codependent, but I I think you're right. I I thought of him originally as extremely narcissistic and ungrateful. Um, And I still think he's ungrateful. But I, I think you're right. I think it's not actually not narcissism at all. I don't think he's obsessed with himself. I think he can't be by himself. Exactly. I think it's codependency, especially, I mean, we'll get to it, but the ad- adult Kevin, he's constantly calling his sister mm-hmm. and always, like, having, it's like, call me back, tell me I'm great, you need to fly over here to New York. So it sounds like he always needs someone to just help him get through his day. Yeah, and we I think we've talked about it on this show before, but I feel that Kate and Kevin are both codependent on each other. Like emotionally, oh. now emotionally, Toby yeah. has kind of filled that Kevin role, and that's why. Again, we'll get into it, but that's why I feel like Kate is able to make it through. Now, before she would lean on Kevin, now she can lean on Toby. I still there's so much more I'd like to know about Kate to really get a handle on her. I was, I was saying when we were watching the episode together that I was like, I wonder how confident Kate is because I feel like she's introduced as this very broken down victim in a way I guess that's not the right word but she she's actually quite confident and quite savvy in in getting a job and complimenting people and building people up and researching or stalking and like she's I'd like to see kind of a confident more sassy her which I think we've hinted at is the teenage years but I just, I wonder if, if we've seen all of her personality, because I feel like we're seeing almost the depressed, repressed version of Kate, mm-hmm. and not the real version of Kate. Yeah, not to go into it again, but that's what I talked about a little last week as well. I think that they intentionally introduced Kate the way that they did to ha- be able to peel back those layers mm-hmm. and expose her in a way that we see her grow, even though it might have always been there. Well, I'm here for it. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And we see as a kid that she seems like she was always extroverted. Like, she, she got along with a lot of people. It was the other people who always cut her off. That Care Bear bikini was so cute. Yeah. Oh, it was adorable. I'll Definitely play days. with you, girl. She was really, <laughs> I'll play she was really excited you. for it. So uh, sad. It broke my heart. And that was going to be one of the things that I wanted to talk about. Remember, well, before we started the show, I was telling Marissa and Amber that there were similarities between two groups and for Rebecca and Kate that was what's the there's a fine line between like protection and then making someone feel ashamed of how they are so Mm. in terms of the Mm t-shirt is it are you protecting her from other people but then Kate can interpret that as oh I should be ashamed of the way that I look 
Like, she had no problem in her Care Bear bikini. She was very excited for it. I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I, I grew up in a Southern Baptist community where all of the girls, every time there was a pool party, because it's hot in Georgia in the summer, all of the girls, no matter what, had to wear t-shirts. And the boys didn't. And I was like, I look cute. My bikini's so cute. I went shopping at Target. I got a brand new bikini just for this church trip. And, like, I had a great time at church otherwise. And they were like, you have to wear a shirt. And it was, like, you know, sticky and clean. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, I want, I mean, I guess it's slightly different. But I remember being like, I didn't have a problem until you told me that I was being inappropriate. And now I'm weird about myself. Now I'm guarding myself. Like, she didn't even, she wasn't even aware. Eight years old is so young to be aware mm-hmm. of your body and how other people want to perceive it. Ugh. Yeah. It's really sad. Um, I, I feel like that's something that, people are more self-aware when they become teenagers. That, that, that seems like a more pre- prepubescent kind of thing that goes on. But it, it was really sad to see that young Kate, she didn't, uh, like you said, she didn't have the problem with it. And your fine line of saying, is it protection or is it being shameful? I, I saw it more as a reinsurance kind of thing. Yes, he was kind of protecting her, but like he, know that, he knows that she was knocked down hard by these girls. So a way to, it was, I saw it more as a way to just bring her up and be like, there's nothing wrong with you. Oh, I guess I mean, I was referring to when the mom was like, did you bring a t-shirt? Did you bring a t-shirt? And then he kind of, after she was already covered herself up and feeling bad, he's like, here, you know, take the shirt off my back, offer it to you, make you feel better. Mm. I think that she's heard her mom be like, are you going to cover up a little more than once? Yeah, okay, yeah. I, see, I can see that. And I, I think that's what I was referring to, is that kind of like, you, know, you don't really need to, I mean, I don't know, it's such a hard line, right? She's trying to look out for her, like, I probably would do the same thing, I don't know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> My yeah. gosh, yeah, I parenting was, is hard. I was talking about Rebecca okay. initially, yeah, but bringing up Jack, I do think he was more so, after she had already covered herself, after those girls were so mean to her, um just the fact that he's like okay let me help you feel better and he told the story about the shirt and everything like that so it had a it had a deeper meaning to her at that point uh we did have someone in the chat say the parents did pay more focus um on kate's weight and randall's identity than kevin Mm -hmm. and i would like to i'd like to hear your thoughts on that my thought is well kevin's behaving himself so they finally got to breathe they didn't have to worry about him you know uh, but I, I just can't imagine having to watch three kids in a pool. Yeah, it was like, and it didn't seem like they were like favoring one child over the other because there was, a, I think, there were equal moments where like, where's Kevin? Where's Randall? Where's you know X, Y, and Z? And just for that moment, they did lose Kevin, and it wasn't an inter, an important part. Well, I mean, Kevin almost drowned. Not to jump ahead, but like, I didn't see it as favoritism. I mean, I do agree with what you're saying. Kevin was... But even Randall wasn't acting out. He just kind of gravitated to a group that excited it was exciting to him at that point. I don't think Randall was acting out. I think, I think they were just looking out for him because that neighborhood was so white. And they were trying to just be like, is he... They're constantly checking in. Are we giving him enough attention? Are we doing enough for him? Whereas Kevin... I guess he was spotting an attitude. So I don't know why they weren't... Just too much. Yeah. I mean, they only have, there's only four eyes between them, so yeah. they're outnumbered. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate, like, in this storyline was more, is, is, I don't mean to sound shallow, but it seems like they were more worried about the physical appearance of their kids mm. than the emotional aspect. Kevin, 
unfortunately, is the one who fits in the most in mm-hmm. that society. Whereas, and will always fit in the most yeah, as a straight white male. <laughs> whereas Kate and Randall didn't. So I can understand why the parents were more concerned about those two than Kevin. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's such a good point. I didn't even realize this entire episode was really about physical appearances mm-hmm. in a way. Even with um, uh, Kate and Toby and Toby's ex-wife. Not to jump ahead, but oh, yeah. Yeah. it was very appearance heavy. Mm-hmm. Oh, things get deeper in this episode. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, I I was just dying over Jack and how cute he was with Kevin, mm-hmm. and, like apologizing after the drowning thing. I was like, "You're such a good dad." How does anyone have more than two children? How how do you do it? What are you doing? How how? Tip of the hat. Yeah, tip of the hat. If you have more than two kids, I literally don't understand how you do it. Um, okay, moving on to Kate and Toby. Um, what do we feel about Toby's reaction and Toby having an ex? They kind of skimmed over that in earlier episodes. I don't know. I love this. <laughs> no, I really did. Because all these episodes that we've seen, Toby, he's such a nice guy. And we kind of thinks like he's a little too good to be true. But I like the fact that they're building more background with his character, which means he's becoming a more important character in the show. But it shows that... He's still a nice guy, despite the fact that he was kicked by his ex-wife and who constantly bring brought him down. And it showed that, yeah, maybe it also physical appearance, but it's also it's important in the emotional aspect too to keep healthy. Yes, she she looks pretty on the outside, but she's not the greatest person on the inside, and that's what hurt him. And that's another reason why it seems like he's so positive, because he didn't want to be around that toxic kind of environment. Oh, good point. I love Toby, and I, I'm... We were trying to guess, uh, Eric and I were trying to guess if he was going to blow up. Yeah. She's like, what do you think? You think he's going to blow up? And I was like, I think he's going to blow up, because he's been so even-keeled to this point. So I think we see his Achilles heel a little bit as his, his ex-wife. Um, I thought... I for sure thought she was going to get a job there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I thought, I was like, that "Oh, it's going to be some wacky storyline now." Yeah, <laughs> she needed a job, but then to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, Marissa, that um, Josie, I think is her name, is yeah. Toby's ex-wife. Um, when Kate was looking into researching, as they called it, when Kate was researching about Josie, she saw all the pretty, she saw all the trips, she saw mm-hmm. the friends, she saw how she built her business and everything like that, but she didn't understand where Toby was coming from until he broke it down. This is what you didn't see. So I think we can all, with social media, fall into that, of we look at somebody's life on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever, and we're like, oh, they're so this, they're so that, but you don't realize that when they turn the cameras off, Mm -hmm. they're going home and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting in, in the corner or in the dark or something like that. Even Toby touched on that. He was like, you know, when no one else is around and I drink, I did, did think about, you know, suicide. There's an alarming high rate of uh, suicide with uh, males, actually. Mm-hmm. It's like 90, 80 or 90% males that commit suicide compared to women. And I think there's a lot of unchecked depression there. So it was interesting for him to be like, yeah, I'm happy when everyone else is around, but when no one's looking at me. I don't know if he really said it was in the past, but he was playing like it was in the past. And maybe he just said that to distance himself, but I... I think there's something incredibly toxic about looking at somebody's Facebook feed and being like, oh, they're, they have it all together, when really, no, they're just presenting them best, their best selves, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, to not air out their dirty laundry. It's hard not to get caught up in like, comparing yourself to people online. 
really hard. It's very hard. Especially with filters and editing and everything like that. You can you can make anybody think you have this going on, but really at the end of the day, we're all just people. We're just trying to make it through the day. Yep. Absolutely. I did love Toby and, and how he actually opened up about something so serious in his life to Kate. And I was like, oh, this relationship just, just got even closer. And I loved it. It was I, real. I wonder, do you guys think that Toby started dating his ex when he was obese or do you think that he got that way in that relationship well he said he he said he gained 95 pounds after, after. yeah oh yeah. i missed that <gasps> maybe that's why he was getting yeah improved. he gained 95 pounds in a year oof and that's why he's losing it so fast too because he's used to being in a lighter weight probably i just i loved the fight that they had at the end i i thought it was completely real and i thought it was really big of uh kate to apologize because she was still kind of heated and crazy and, you know, uh, the emotions were running high. And she's like, I just got a job. Then, you know, like, and she, I don't know. But it was very nice of her to be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel crappy. Like, she, I don't know. I just thought that was really nice. Yeah, it was really good for, for her to do that. But also she, I think she was also apologizing for sticking her nose into someone else's business yeah. for the wrong reasons. Mm. And I think she was more guilty about that as well. I agree with that. He, did, he had a good way of pointing that out and him being like, yeah, I know, your problem, da-da, da-da, mm-hmm. but how about you look at me for once and realize that you're behaving irrationally? And, like, just the way he put it was just so... On point. <laughs> Toby. <laughs> so well said. And I do like how the roles kind of flipped just slightly where he was breaking himself down to her and she was, like, kind of lighting the situation where she dropped the Matt Lauer and Savannah Guthrie line. Yeah. So she kind of picked it back up after yeah. he had laid something very heavy out. So I like that there was a little bit of change, and I think that could lay the groundwork for a turnaround in Kate's character where she becomes the one to lift people up, not just Kevin, but like people outside of her family. I do have to say that it, it she is incredibly quick with pop culture references, and I wonder if that's going to lead to a job down the road because... As we know, she was uh, her brother Kevin's personal assistant, uh, which she was great at, and then he decided to go try to be a serious actor in New York, uh, which I say with sarcasm all over my face. And <laughs> now now she's doing what? I mean, she she's spending her time stalking her boyfriend's ex, which is not healthy. So we nope. see her get overcorrected on that. I wonder, I don't know, I want something more than an assistant position for her. She's smart and quick. She is. No. I want to see her go further with singing. Oh. Yeah. That's where I want to see her go, at least at this point. Yeah. That would be great. She does have down the line. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. Oof. Kate for Singer, episode five. You heard it here. We're voting. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, little Kevin being um, a little ungrateful Ursula that he was. I don't even like Randall either. I just can't even like young Kevin. I just, someone, am I, I the only to, one? I want him to have some redeeming qualities for Me you. Me too. Because every, every week it's just like something else added to the pile. I mean, like, you, I was watching it with you and, and I was just like. <laughs> and I wanted to take a picture because it was perfect. She was literally like, in that position. Just flailing her arms. Yeah. Guys. Just like, <laughs> you guys, what is happening here? Like, like. <laughs> Maybe I am the only one who feels this way. I don't know. But, um, Kevin, you're, I'm trying. 
trying to like him. But then again, you have to understand where he's coming from. He has, he's one of three. He's the oldest, which means he's the leader of sorts. He's, he has a younger brother who gets all the attention because he doesn't necessarily, quote unquote, fit into the family. He has a sister that's the only girl, and she has an issue that her mom pays close attention to. For all intents and purposes, he gets left alone probably a lot. Not for like, oh, let's go throughout outside and throw the football around kind of thing, but just like, I don't have to worry about you. Going back to what you were saying earlier, Amber, about he's the one that fits in the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he kind of probably already has developed a little resentment for that, Mm -hmm. for his siblings. He's the golden child, though, unfortunately. It it seems like he's the golden child. It's interesting. He, he, I guess he is behaving like a firstborn. I kept thinking, like, oh, typical middle, middle child, but he's not. A middle child would be like, okay, and they like wouldn't. They wouldn't be like, look at me. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you looking at me? That's I'm a firstborn, so I did that. So I'm just ah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. You're like, it all makes oh, sense. See, I'm the youngest. <laughs> oh, so we're on the flip side. Yeah, I love youngest children, though. Do you always get along? <laughs> uh, fun fact: oldest children. No, that's children true. Get along. It's true. true. I get I get I along with my older brother. Great. And only childs get along well with middle childs. It's true. <gasps> Interesting. Technically, I'm an only child, and one of my really good friends is a middle child. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we digress. Breakthrough. Any, anytime you guys have a question on birth order, tweet at me. <laughs> I will break it down. Okay, so let's get into Randall and family, which I've le- left for the last because there's so much gold happening in this episode with present-day Randall, even even past Randall with, like, how, you know, Rebecca, Randall's mom, adopted mom, um, didn't even realize that the rash that he was getting on his skin was because they weren't cutting his hair properly and that he wasn't getting the lotion that he needed after he got out of the pool because his skin is just literally different. And, like, it's just one little simple thing that she could have fixed. But, like, my thought was, do you think that she asked her friends, like, how to handle a black child when she got him it seems like she's had a few years to research this yeah i research don't think she how? felt like she need that needed to ask people it's like she, i think she just treated him like her own mm-hmm. and she didn't treat the other two like differently because they look different but i, I think it was more so this is what i'm doing with these two so i'm gonna do it with him too yeah, she. I think she just didn't know any better. She yeah. didn't know that she and didn't know. Who okay. would she go to ask? You know, as Randall said later in the episode, he grew up in a all white town of Bethel Park, Pennsylvania. Like, yeah. who would she go to 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 say, "Am I doing this right? Does he need sunscreen?" Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's if that's all you know, then you're going with what you know. It's fair. I mean, I guess it's not like they had Facebook. So. Right. And I was going to say, like, where would she research it? Like, yeah. at the library and the Dewey Decimal System? Like, <laughs> Right. Well, well, also, not to, just, you know, going back with all the episodes, I don't think we've really seen their social circle. Like, I don't even think that she actually has friends that are black. The, because right. even when at the pools, that, that one, the, the pool lady was like, well, we know family like you wouldn't don't mingle with people like us you know or something along those lines but you know just that concept so i don't even think she really has those people that she can actually talk to on an everyday basis mm-hmm. about these questions mm-hmm. but going to that conversation really quickly um and we don't know her name the 
woman at the pool. We right? looked on IMDb, we looked on Twitter, we looked on Google. Uh, we know that the actress who's playing the uh, black woman at the pool is played by uh, Sterling's wife in real life. Her mm-hmm. The actress's name is Ryan Michelle Bathe. Um, but we did look for her name, so if anybody knows her character name, tweet it to us, because we looked. We could not find it. So going forward, we're calling her Pool Mom. Yeah. Okay. Pool Mom. She's a Pool Mom. <laughs> pool mom. But um, I looked at that as a double-edged sword. If Rebecca had walked up to Pool Mom and said, hi, my name was Rebecca, this is my son Randall, the reaction could have been, oh, you're just walking up to us because you have a black son. But mm-hmm. then it's Rebecca didn't walk up, and so it's okay, you're not walking up to us even though you have a black son. So it's, I looked at it as a double-edged sword. I don't know if she would have been happy in either circumstance. I still feel like the right thing to do would have been to reach out in some way. But I I get being nervous about that. I think for me personally, I'd have been like, hi, my name's Amber. This is my black son. And if they were like, why are you bringing over him? It's because he's black. I'd be like, yeah, help me. Like, I will be embarrassed for him so that he can have a better life. Like, I don't... Mm -hmm. But going back to it, Rebecca didn't know that anything was wrong. She just thought it was a rash. You know, she didn't think of lotion. She didn't Mm -hmm. think of, you know, is it, she did think, is it awkward for him to be putting on sunscreen? Or he said it, do I really need sunscreen? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And she, I love how they both were like, "Mm, yeah, totally. (laughs) But really, she was treating Randall as she was treating Kevin and Kate to an extent. Yeah. She walked in with her family to the pool went after the chairs okay and she i don't think she thought anything of it right so it wasn't her first nature to walk over to the the only other group of black people and say hey i want to make this known that i have this black child well i guess i i don't mean specifically at the pool that day i just mean like in throughout his childhood i don't know if maybe they go to that pool often and could have reached out to someone but yeah i i get that it's you know they are complete strangers it's kind of weird Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. But it seems like they're going to be friends. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, they're setting play dates and all that. So it, it seems like they're going to be really good friends, and then she can have another community to just socialize with and actually help raise Randall in the way that he should be raised. I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, Pool Mom thrown in the mix because she's not, she's very direct. And I really like that because Rebecca can be kind of like, she doesn't exactly say what's on her mind the first three times. You kind of got to mm-hmm. wedge it out of her. Um, so I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a good mixture between the two. I would love to see um, more of that. Um, let's talk about uh, Randall and his biological father and the neighbors calling security on Grandpa. Do you, uh, do you think, I mean, question for everyone involved, do you think that it was class-based or do you think that it was race-based or a combination? I think it was combination because I was also thinking about this while I was like, if I was put into that situation, granted, like I, I work here at AfterBuzz and a lot of people come in and out and whatnot, but if it's someone I don't recognize, even if it was like no matter, depending on race or gender, whatever, I would be kind of concerned. And if it's someone who's doing it on a regular basis, it seems like he was taking a daily walk. So this is a recurrent thing. Yeah, I would call someone because, hey, this person is loitering, is in my personal space, my my property, and he's trespassing. I would call someone. Not based on the race, but when they found out 
it was, you know, he was actually with Randall. I think they they were quickly like, oh, I'm sorry. And it, so I don't think it was anything out of discrimination. I think it was more out of this is a, a unwanted person in my personal property. I I also agree that I think it was a combination of race and class. However, I do think I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, Marissa, because he wasn't the people that called. As far as I can understand, he didn't go in near their property. It seemed like he was walking on Randall's side of the street. Hmm. And so if this had been a daily occurrence, maybe just throw up a hand and say, hey, how's it going? Mm -hmm. Try to drum up a conversation and maybe you'll discover why he's there. I mean, that's as simple as it can go. Well, I took it as personal property because there was that specific line where he stopped and smelled the roses. So I think that was, maybe he was he literally taking, like, going into someone's property and smelling their roses. Or, like, oh, smelling I, their flowers. So I, I took that as he was actually in the property. Oh, I was thinking that as he was smelling the roses. I didn't no- notice, but I thought he was saying in Randall's yard or neighbor, mm. you know, his area. Mm. But that was going to be the other, that's the other group of between Kate and Rebecca and then between William and William and Randall I was saying was Randall's non-response as he said later in the episode he has to choose to let some things go was it protection or was it are you apologizing because you're ashamed because immediately after that he's like we're gonna get you some new clothes Mm -hmm. so is it are you were you doing that because you just didn't want to cause any problems or were you doing it because I know I know how this looks he you know is an older black man in my neighborhood that's predominantly white are you taking him to get new clothes because you feel like he just needs some new clothes are you taking it so he looks more presentable in your neighborhood Mm, appearance I think that's what made it class-based for me was when he was like, let's get you some new clothes. Almost as if, like, if you're in this neighborhood, you better blend in and you better wear your khakis and you better know the Joneses because there's only 14 house mansions in this neighborhood and we all, no, we're the only black people and everyone knows everyone. Maybe it's just an everyone knows everyone. It felt super race-based for me at first and then kind of by the end when the neighbors apologized, what felt wholeheartedly, they felt embarrassed. I was kind of like, maybe it's just a a rich person they rich people all know each other I don't know if you have ever been to like a really nice event where there's like millionaires but they all pretend like they know each other like oh Sandra so good to see you like because it's just rude to like not know someone and they've all just been in the same boat club together and you're like you don't know me but they pretend like they do because it Mm -hmm. makes them more at ease so when they truly don't know a stranger they're so used to paying for things they just call security and just get rid of it so I can't tell. I'm so torn on this. But I, like, I wanted to be angry about it at first. But I'm just like, maybe they're just annoying rich people. I don't know. I know. It's, it's very questionable because we saw a couple episodes ago when Randall and his father were talking really loudly in the streets. And then he left. And, he, and then he waved at his name. Mm-hmm. He was like, hello, white people. You know. So like that, if you consider that, too, it could have been class. But when I saw it, I saw it like a mix of both. Just personal security and then class afterwards. Yeah, uh, you know, that's a good point. Why not walk up to him and be like, hey, do I know you? Like, if you're really not afraid of them, why why call security on an old man? Mm. Yeah, so, interesting. It, I think it was extremely well done. Um, I really loved 
the portrayal of uh, Randall's daughter Tess in the play. She gets to be Snow White. Um, you know, she carries on. You know, obviously her uncle's an actor. Maybe she, you know she's feeling proud that she gets to make the Manny proud. And I just think that's so sweet that you know she she got the role that she wanted. And um, you see the audience laugh when she's like, "I'm Snow White," and everyone's like, "Huh, it's because she's black." And I was like. Ugh, yeah, I just yeah. hate that so much. I didn't get it. I was like, why are they laughing? Because she's black. But and because she's playing a traditionally cis white character. Yeah. It's called white, I'm sure. She's literally called Snow, Snow white. white. Yeah. Um I, I did find this moment to be very contrived, but I do have to just like it is television, it makes for good drama. But I liked the difference of what that happened in this situation now in present day if you go back to when randall was a kid and then that happened that'd be a completely different story yeah. and the fact that randall even says like i'm glad that my daughter can play a a normally caucasian character and not have any awareness about it and still be good like the fact that no one really gave her flack about it I mean, we, I mean we didn't see the community like actually go up to Tess afterwards and like give her a hard time but the fact that Tess now lives in a world where that's more socially acceptable mm-hmm. compared to what Randall grew up with, I liked. Oh, it just made me so stabby. It made me so angry. I did a, I did a, a play in high school, uh, Steel Magnolias, where there's like, um, there's like a mom and a daughter and then like four great. other women. Great. It's, it's great. It's a great play. Amazing. So um, my, one of my best friends who's black got cast as the mom and then her daughter who got cast was white. But it's theater you don't have to play to type and then as soon as she came out and introduced herself and she's like oh it's my daughter i remember the audience laughing and i remember just being like i will mess you up because i was like first of all who cares and second of all it's theater you're not supposed to be paying attention to people's looks or ages it's like you accept you suspend the disbelief it's not like tv where people have to like look a certain part whatever a historically accurate part like it's theater and it's children's theater Mm-hmm. People, oh, I just. I'm still confused by the laughing. I just, I mean, I understand why they were laughing, but just, I just, as adults, I don't understand why that it wasn't. It wasn't like they were saying anything funny. I, I mean, I know he said something about her being fair, and that was like, oh, it's funny because she's black and she she can't be, you know, fair. I think it's something we can just shake our heads to nowadays in this generation because we're so more progressive than back then when it wasn't I mean if yeah. Brandy can be Cinderella Tess can be Snow White yeah just saying yeah Aww. Brandy was a great Cinderella was a, exactly was so Brandy great. was a great Cinderella that was great exactly oh, she was so but beautiful. that was during now that was 1998 but no 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 you, you know what I'm saying Tess yeah yeah but like you know what I'm saying like our our society has progressed so much within the past few decades that this is more socially acceptable now yeah yeah I just yeah, it made me very stabby. Um, are we going to talk about um, Randall's father and that scene with the two of them shopping for khakis? Any thoughts Oh, on that explosion scene? This was good. There was such a good scene between the two of them where basically he was like, is it really about that? Da, da, da. And he was like, you have that scar on your hand. You Okay, like I can't compare to you because I've never been hosed down. And I was like... Do you do you think that Randall feels a lack of connection to his black history not being hosed or scarred or having any of those cool stories in air quotes, you know, that his dad does, his biological father does? 
I mean, it's it's kind of tough because I can see they're still trying to connect. There is a clear disconnect between these two. But they do have a lot in common in ways. I mean, and I feel like this whole theme of this episode is the physical aspect and the emotional aspect. They both connect on the emotional level because they've, they've both been emotionally discriminated, like always getting uh, carded and always asking for IDs, always being judged by people. I mean, all these snap judgments. They're, so I can see where maybe Randall's father dealt with the physical discrimination back when he was younger, but Randall, growing up, he dealt with emotional discrimination. Mm-hmm. There's still discrimination, and they still correlate with each other. Okay, I see that. Uh, I think that I think that Randall is is it felt like to me about that scene was less about his history and his lineage than it was about him finally kind of getting kind of jabbing at his dad who wasn't there for him. It felt a little bit like I'm angry at you and now I have an excuse to take it out on you. Hmm. For me, that's true. That's true. Sorry, I was trying to formulate my thoughts. Yeah. Um, Please. But, and I still don't know where what I'm thinking in my head at this point. I do agree with you, Amber, that a little of it is I just want to be able to have, not these arguments that I would have had if we were together, but I'm, I'm angry about this, and I want to be able to tell you that I'm angry, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm not there yet. So let me argue about what I can argue about. Going back to your point, Marissa, I don't... I, I think that the connection with Pool Mom, um, Randall will have that historical lesson, if that's the proper way to put it, mm-hmm. where he'll understand. And so he'll grow knowing... Because Dudley Randall, the the poet from what last week, I believe... Yeah. Um, so, and having all the books, I think he will have that sort of foundation about who he is as a black man and then growing up, like you're saying, Marissa, about the emotional discrimination about being in an all-white family, growing up in an all-white town, knowing that he looks different, knowing that his hair is different, you know, knowing that using X, lotion, y, like, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if I've concluded my thought. I'm so stuck in my mind with this one. Is it because you're emotional about it? Possibly. Or I just don't know. Like, there's so many tangents that I could go off mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to sum up lot. in a sound bite. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I felt like this moment was maybe Randall just kind of being tired of the excuse his father is using, like, I'm black. And it's like, it's not an excuse anymore. It's like, because mm. they both have been there. They both have gone through it. And it's like, now let's just move forward. Like, let's face it, these are the issues we've dealt with growing up. Now now that we're both aware of it, let's do something about it. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Do you think William was being judgmental, though? Because I don't necessarily think that he was. I don't, I don't think he felt Against the way. security guard? Against Randall and Beth's raising of their children. Because no. No, the way so. Randall apologized. I think that's where it started when he apologized to the security guard. I think that's where Randall felt that William was being judgmental. But I don't think necessarily that William was being judgmental. He was just kind of frustrated, I think, in that moment of, 
I'm getting stopped because of this. My son lives here. Right. I, I, I can be here if I, if, you know, as long as my son allows me to. I don't think it was judgmental. I think it was just more frustration. Okay. Frustration that he got stopped. And he, it might have res- resorted back to, like, this is how it's always been with me. And so I don't really think it's judging. I think it's just pure frustration. He's still going through it. Okay. I think, yeah, I don't think it was judgment. I think um, when you're of a certain age, whether it be, you know, 25 or, or 55, you kind of come to a certain confidence about yourself, and you're like, no, you can't treat me that way. And it felt very much like that. Like, he was just, he wasn't being sassy. He wasn't being angry. He was just like, no, no, you don't get to do this to me. And I think he's just been through it before, and he was, it, it didn't feel vicious to me. It didn't feel judgmental. Uh... I think he was probably making more of a scene than sleepy, rich people were used to. But I don't think that he did anything inappropriate, and I I would have behaved exactly the same way. Yeah, I mean, I would have, absolutely. Um, Unless the security guard had a gun, then I wouldn't have. But he probably didn't. (laughs) So Let's hope not. (laughs) The difference between security guards and cops. Um, yeah, so this was good. So let's, um, I just want to ask you guys a few questions before we get into predictions. Okay. Um, for me, my favorite moment, I want to hear what your guys' favorite moment of the show was and like what scandalized you the most, what upset you the most, or got the most reaction out of you. So start thinking about that. Um, my favorite moment was definitely the reaction that Kate had to Toby's ex wife it was so real it was so layered and wonderful and she when she went up she was like your skin is so perfect and it smells so good oh you like me too and you're nice okay like it was just so good I just that that character I just I just start to love more and more um so that was probably my favorite part my least favorite part actually was um not only little Kevin saying I don't like Randall either but Little Kevin kind of drowning for, like, what seemed like forever. Uh, it oh really yeah. dragged on for me. I was like, listen, like, as soon as we see a kid going to a pool and be like, Dad, and the dad's not looking, I'm like, we know a drowning scene's coming. I hate, maybe I'm being spoiled by good television. I just, like, I can't, I can't stand it when I don't, when I know what's going to happen, and then it happens forever. I was like, okay, I get it. It was still very sad, but I just wish it was more of a... Get in and get out, yeah. Kevin. We get it. I can understand that because they stripped the audio during the whole what you think is going to be drowning scene. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, I say one of my favorite moments is actually one we didn't, really didn't really talk about was uh, Kevin in his audition scene. <gasps> and yes. that was it was quite comical because I think it was more of a humbling aspect for Kevin which he so needs right now because I think he's always been catered to and, pla- and placated to by other people and he's always it seems like he's always gotten what he wanted and then when he like tries to actually do something on his own he like just fails hard and I actually like this it was it, it was more a humbling uh, lesson in, you know, life lesson for him that I like. And then, like, I actually like this budding relationship that he's going to have with the his female counterpart. I love his, uh, the redhead who is this British actress who's this big Broadway Janet actress. Janet Montgomery. Janet Montgomery. Yeah, she was also in Salem. She's, oh. a, she's a great actress. She was though. incredible. Yeah. I, but I just, for a second, I don't buy Kevin being a professional television actor for longer than a year not knowing how to audition or read. 
Mm-hmm. I don't buy it. I don't. Like, we get that he's not a theater actor, but to not know what a, not, to not wait for a pause. Where I was like, like I, I'm, I'm not going to read that line. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like dying. I was dying on the inside. I was dying the entire time. And then she kind of got sassy with him. She's like, you need training. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Some, like she says, this character says literally everything I'm screening at the television the whole time. So you're right. Thank you. I forgot about her character. Yeah. And it came from a good place. It didn't seem like malicious, like, oh, you got to do this because you're terrible. It's just like, as a, as a one professional person to another. Yeah. I think it was great advice. And you. I was going to say really quickly because they're giving us the rap note. But uh, my one thing that excited me, and it's going to sound kind of bad, when in the very beginning when Randall finished the Rubik's Cube that Kevin had tried mm-hmm. to complete, it, it, it's giving an indication of where this, this strain in relationship comes from. Hmm. So, again, it doesn't sound great, but I like to see the buildup. So it explains how we've gotten to the point that we're at now with them being 36 years old. Randall's smarter. Mm-hmm. I can solve a Rubik's Cube. That is talent. It's not that hard. Goals. Goals. <laughs> you can teach. Can you teach me that? Sure. Sure. All right, guys. Do we have any predictions for next week? I predict more singing. Ooh. We're going to get Rebecca singing. I mean, it's Mandy Moore. You have to get her singing, obviously. And then uh, Kate, as an adult, I think we're, we're talking about like episodes where she's still trying to build that self-confidence, and I think that one moment she was shining on stage for that one song in front of all those people, it's like, yeah, she liked that. She got a taste of what she liked. And I think we'll see more singing in the future. Mm, yeah. Really quickly, I think Pool Mom, something's going to happen between Pool Mom and Jack. I don't know why I feel like that. I just do, and so I'm going with that. Listen to your heart. I want it to happen, kind of. I don't know. They're both interesting. Um, I don't really have any predictions other than I would just love to see more of Kate. I would love more background on Kate. Um, You guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for listening and being on the show. Um, uh, We will be back next Tuesday, same time, same place. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, My name is Amber Plaster. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amber Plaster. And... Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Keep the conversation going with me on Twitter, Erica Shannon, at Miss Airy Baby. You can follow me on Twitter, at Serafini TV. Thanks for having me. Yeah, right. thanks for being fun. here. Bye, guys. Yeah. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.